Welcome. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Back another hour. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com is going to be here. And he'll join us. We'll talk a little bit more about to this Packers team, the NFL in general and such. So uh, we will uh, we'll get into all of that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, we talked about Jair Alexander. And I, you know, it's, it's um, the, the, the coverage for Jair. And, and I want you to hear some of this. The coverage for Jair for, you know, we had read the statistics just a little bit earlier about where he's at. And it's, you know, it hasn't been good this season, to say the very least, you know. Uh, Jair's numbers so far on the season, not great with teams kind of picking on him. Uh, He's only played 78 coverage snaps this season because he's been banged up. But the passer rating against him is 156.3, which is the highest among all cornerbacks in the NFL. And he surrendered six catches on eight targets, 103 yards, and a touchdown thus far. That's not good. It's not good at all. So uh, Jair in the locker room yesterday uh, was asked specifically, how would it feel, uh, because he says he's coming back, he's healthy, he's ready to go and all that kind of stuff, but uh, how would it feel to be able to shut down Devontae Adams? I mean, you know, it'll feel good. It'll feel better with intercession, you know. So we'll see after the game. Uh it would feel good with an interception. You just got to get your hand on the ball and be able to catch it. You know, you could look at his career as a corner for the for the Packers, and he's he had, he's not an interception machine. He was asked though, assuming Devontae even gets a catch or two, uh, how's he going to feel? He gonna get a catch or two on who? I don't know. Maybe when you're digging a water break. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's going to catch. If you caught that there, it's like, who's he going to catch the ball against? Not me. Uh, well, he has been one of the worst corners in the National Football League. I mean, those those numbers are real. Does he need to talk to Joe Barry about wanting to guard Devontae to get after him, much like he did uh, wanting to get after Justin Jefferson after last year's opener against the Vikings? No, nah, I don't think anything needs to be said. I think the coaches got a good plan and going to stick with it. So what has he seen? From the sideline, not being able to play all the snaps, not being able to be out there continuously. What has he seen that they need to change? Well, it just need to have more energy, and we need to start fast for sure. Definitely got to have more energy on defense. You know, when I'm not out there, I feel like, you know, sometimes the energy be a little rocky, you know. It's kind of boring to watch. So so somebody got to turn it up. I'll turn it up if I got to. Um, you hope? You hope. I mean, he's always got something to say, that's for sure. But it's one thing to walk, you know, to talk the talk. It's another thing to walk the walk, you know. And uh, he's got to be able to do that. Now, when was the last time he actually talked to Devontae Adams? Uh, Pro Bowl, which is when I, you know, say he's going to take a week off before he played. What was your answer to that? Huh? I told him I was going to take a week off, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, that's Jerry Alexander. I, I, I think Jair is great to talk to, and I, you know, it's not always <laughs> the the most in depth conversation. And I love the fact that he's got a ton of confidence. And as a quarterback or a cornerback, 
you have to have kind of like a, a closers mentality in baseball. You, you you just have to forget about yesterday and the last play, and you got to move on. You can't let it linger. Uh, the one thing with Jair is he's he's got to be more consistent. I mean, I, everybody defensively has to be more consistent. How big of a game is this coming up on Monday night? We talked a little bit about that the other day, but how big of a game is this for so many different reasons? Because if you're the Packers and you lose – uh, this contest, you, then you've got a couple of weeks off, and then you come back, and then you've got, you know, a, a Denver team that's not very good. I mean, these are the games that you should be going toe to toe. You should be kind of fixing yourself. We know the Raiders are bad. Okay, we we know that's not a good football team, but for the Packers, it's almost like you got to have this one. And for Jordan, or for Jordan Love, I mean, I, I think his numbers have to be really good in this one. He's got to have a bounce back. He's got to get the completion percentage up. He's got to get his quarterback rating, his QBR up. You know, um, I, I, I think this is a big game in a lot of ways. Big game in a lot of ways. Defensively, you've got to kind of regroup and get yourself back together. And don't forget, I mean, this was a week – in which uh, the Packers uh, brain trust, I mean, Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff, as Matt LaFleur expressed on Monday, was they've done a lot of self-scouting. So now that you've self-scouted, usually that takes place during the bye week when you go back and you say, okay, what are we doing so wrong? You know, let's go back and look at all the games and let's look for tendencies. So they've self-scouted. So now that you've self-scouted, you've got a little bit of time to kind of correct that against a mediocre at best team. And if you don't, fix those problems are those problems fixable you know what i mean and if they're not fixable then this is something that's going to linger continuously throughout the season and you can't then why would you expect much difference when it comes to when it comes to your record and uh, the capability to win football games and let's not forget that this team has come out awful in the last two games in the first half specifically awful but I've talked about this and I've harped on this. They really haven't played good football for a while now. You get a, a fourth quarter comeback against the Saints, great. You, you've showed some moxie come, trying to make a comeback against the Lions, but you've got your ass kicked in the first half of the last two games specifically. I mean, just beat and beat bad. Self-inflicted wounds, dumb penalties, missed tackles, overthrows, underthrows, y- y- your offensive line just getting whipped. There, it's been bad football. Bad football. That, I mean, if there's anything I want to take away from Monday night, it's going to be the fact that the Packers actually come out and look good in the first half of a game because we just haven't seen that uh, pretty much all season. I mean, they played pretty good against uh, the Bears, but even a, a, a couple of different drives, they didn't look great. But I think that's where I'll – there was one year. I can't remember what year it was. It was f- coming towards the end of Favre's career. And – it's like the first half of games, opening drives were just terrible. They couldn't score. They couldn't move the football. It was like they just came out and their first 16 plays were garbage. It was just like, just throw that away and, and just start with your whatever your playbook is. Offensively, they looked terrible. They, it seemed like they were always playing from behind. And you kind of feel over the last two, three weeks that this is what this Packers team is doing. They're just playing from behind. They're just... They, they, it takes them so long to finally get in sync or kind of have a sense of urgency or a tenacity to them. 
So that's if I'm looking for anything coming up on Monday night, it's going to be that. It's going to be the fact, can they get back? Can they start out fast? Can they look good doing it? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm looking for coming up on Monday night. And, you know, that and playing a clean game. You know, eliminate a lot of the, the things that have shot yourself in the foot. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can. If you want your voice to be heard, you can also hit us up over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can uh, shoot us uh, some notes over there on the YouTube channel, on the live stream. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And uh, you can also uh, listen to the thing, at, you know, listen to the program after the fact. But if you want to chime in, that's a great way to do it. Uh, Mark says, uh, same old excuse, I'm going to have to look at the tape. They've been looking at the tape for quite some time now. And that's why I'm excited to see what they come out with on Monday night. If they come out flat on Monday night, there would be some real innate problems with this team. You know? Um, Because if you can't come out after getting a, a little bit of rest, Man, um, and you can't come out and just light it up or play with some kind of sense of urgency and tenacity. The Bears did that last night. The Bears came out like that against the Commanders last night. And the Commanders aren't a bad football team. I mean, I thought for sure Washington would win that game. I mean, we talked about that. I thought for sure Washington was going to win that game last night. I Just because the Bears have just been in such a – a downward spiral. And they came out with tenacity last night. They came out like they just wouldn't, weren't going to be denied. I want to see that out of the Packers. Packers have played one solid, not great, good, whatever, one solid game. And that was against Chicago the first game of the season. Otherwise, they played poorly for stretches, long stretches, down in Atlanta. Horrific football for three quarters and four minutes against the Saints. Bad football, really bad football against Detroit. And they're trending in that direction. It's going further and further and further in that direction, which is why I keep saying I just want to see them come out with tenacity and play a clean game. I think it's I think that's fair. I think that's a fair ask. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can. Uh, <coughs> Chris says, uh, I'm thinking the Packers need to get off to a fast start and put the Vegas Raiders in their rearview mirror early. Otherwise, they're going to allow them to come back because we know we can't trust the defense. Oh, God, Chris, I hope you're right. Uh, Down the stretch? Yeah, the defense defense has given up drives late, but – and I don't want to put all this on the defense, but that defense has been on the field way too much. You go back to the game against the Saints, that defense was on the field a full quarter more, even more than a quarter, than the offense. And in the game against Detroit, same thing. Same thing. So the defense has been on the field way too much. The off, again, going back to the terminology of complementary football, yeah, they, the Packers haven't played that, to, to say the very least. The offense has really kind of sucked. It's been bad. The offensive line has not been good. Love's been under pressure. The run game has not been great. We haven't seen anything dynamic, anything breakaway. 
um, big play, explosive play capability. We haven't seen that on the uh, on the regular. It's just it hasn't been there. Um, Ricky says anybody right now would kick our ass. Uh, winning gambler says the Bears have even looked better than the Packers recently. Uh, well, the Bears go back to the game against Denver. They lost that game. They started to look a little bit better, but their defense was terrible. Um, <laughs> excuse me. And then they came out explosive last night, and they just the big thing I I I saw with the Bears last night was they didn't quit. They never took their foot off the gas, and by quit I mean let, you know let lighten up. And they never felt like that game was in hand. <laughs> so I, for the Bears, give them all the credit in the world for that game last night. Um, Shannon says, why don't they ever play Yash anymore? Used a second-round tender on him. Not to use him, is he in the doghouse? Uh, Shannon, he is. He is. They, the coaching staff has talked about him a couple of times, about trying to light a fire under him. I, I don't know what happened to Yash Nyman. I don't know if he got upset that he did he he lost the starting left tackle job or if he if he has not been happy the way he's been used or because he lost the right tackle starting position to Zach Tom. I, I, I don't know. But they've talked I mean they even put him in on special teams to try to quote light as Rich Basaccia said, try to light the fire. You know, I, sometimes guys get motivated, sometimes guys get in their own funk. And mentally get in their own way. And maybe that's what's going on with Yash right now. Because I thought a couple of years ago he played pretty well. He wasn't great, but he played pretty well. He played well enough to be a, a really good serviceable backup left tackle. Because he was filling in for the majority of the season with for uh, David Bakhtiari. And then right before the playoffs, when they faced San Francisco, Bakhtiari and company came back, played that one game, and that was pretty much it. But they started messing with that offensive line, and it, it just never it never materialized. As a matter of fact, they got, you know, after Mercedes Lewis fumbled, they were never the same offense after that. And then don't forget A.J. Dillon went down with an injury, and they just they never overcame adversity. And for whatever reason, he just hasn't been um, a factor at all for the most part. 877-867-1670. You want to get all your thoughts and feelings in? Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends, over there at the Nice Ash, nice. They got uh, entertainment tonight. Uh, got music tonight, music tomorrow night. If you're thinking about heading down there, check it out. Maybe go down and watch the Badger game tomorrow, the Monday night game on Monday night. Uh, either way, uh, you can do uh, and have a great time downtown Waukesha, 323 West Main Street, to be exact, where they have live entertainment on the weekends. They have many different flavors of hookahs and such, and a big walk-in humidor. Uh, even if you don't smoke cigars or hookahs or whatever, you can still go down and have a great time. And they've got some really good bourbons and whiskeys and some really good uh, craft cocktails and such. And they always have something for the month. So, And, and, and different taps every month, too, which is awesome. So the uh, theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
If you are looking for a terrific place to go, maybe this weekend, you want to just get a night out, grab a dinner, uh, Italian food is part of my weakness. You know that. Uh, if you're going to head anywhere in the Milwaukee area, maybe you're uh, coming to this direction for whatever reason, no Brewers games or anything, but maybe you're just going to take a night out downtown, uh, maybe go see a show or something, uh, call our own club. Always 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee and San Giorgio, the Pizzeria Napoletana, right next door. Right next door. Both places just absolutely fantastic. Can't say enough about them. And uh, Gino and the staff just treat you so good. So good down there. So don't forget about Calderon Club uh, on the corner, right across from the Hyatt, and San Giorgio Pizzeria Napoletana. It is right next door. So both places on Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee, across from the Hyatt, Tremendous, tremendous Italian food, whether it's the pizza side or it's just the sit-down, really good Italian, stick-to-your-ribs meal. Kind of a romantic night out even. I mean, I, it's, it's the, you know, ask for the corner window and ask for Alex, the server, because both are absolutely spectacular. That's Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Great stuff. Um, 877-867-1670. Chris says of both of these games coming up, winnable games for the Packers. Absolutely. Um, this is where you need to make hay. This is where you this is where you if you're going to have any shot at being something when it comes to the end of the season that you you got to win the winnable games and this is a very winnable game. No doubt. Uh, let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Mike listening to us in Rockford. Mike, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael show. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, I know Bill. Bill, I just want to tell you, you know, condolences to uh Dick Buckus. He was a great player, but I I, I and this is no throw at him, but you know, I grew up a Packer fan. My dad was a Packer fan, originally from Wisconsin. I grew up in Chicago, but my dad, huge Packer fan. That's why I'm one. And I got to tell you, um, I'm sorry to say this to all the Bear fans and Dick Buckus, but Ray Nitschke was a head and shoulders player above Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus was overrated. I think Nitschke was a way better uh, football player. I want your opinion, Bill. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Boy, that's uh, appreciate the phone call. Um I remember a little bit of both playing because I was young. Um, my dad used to – I'll just say this. My my opinion is skewed in your direction because my dad was a Packers fan and talked about Nitschke all the time, all the time. Now, Dick Butkus obviously got the lore for a long time, and Dick Butkus is – and, again, I'm not in any way, shape, or form kind of diminishing his – his achievements on the field because it's subjective. But one of the things that we were, I was talking about last night with a buddy of mine was Dick Butkus because of the commercials, because of the TV show, because his lore and popularity and in front of people grew because of a lot of things he did after football. Okay. It's not to diminish what he did on the field because what he did on the field earned him a hall of fame, you know, um, nomination, uh, and he deserves it. But I think he became bigger than life because of the popularity after the fact. And Nitschke, his life didn't last as long. He didn't have that same capability. And he ended up passing. And had he had some of those opportunities, maybe he ends up becoming uh, of the same stature visibility-wise as dick butkus but i they were just so both so great it's it's like hard to say who was better than the other they were just both so good but i lean towards nitschke because that's what i grew up 
listening to was my dad talk about Ray Nitschke and how tough he was and, you know, and it just, you know, the bridge of his nose, you know, was bloodied and, and busted up. And then, you know, that was a, a thing with Tim Crumry when Tim Crumry played for Wisconsin and then ultimately became the, uh, the nose tackle for uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he always had that bloodied nose. You know, he's always, always had that face mask that was flat that sat against his face. And he'd always have a bloody nose. My dad would always bring up Ray Nitschke. Ray Nitschke would play like that. Nitschke, you know, so I heard Nitschke, Nitschke, Nitschke all the time growing up as a kid. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> both were unbelievably tremendous. Unbelievably tremendous. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Now, the one thing I will say is when you look at both defenses, Dick Butkus was a one-man wrecking crew. I don't think he had the same stature level of defense as Nitschke had, but that's not going to diminish what they did on the field because a lot of times back in that day, man, you were the guy plugging the hole. You were the guy that was asked to take on everybody. So, And both did it admirably, and both were able to shoot the gap and get the quarterbacks as well. So I'm, I, it's difficult for me to say who was actually better, but – I just think that the lore grew of Dick Butkus because of what he did off the field after the fact. Let's go to Tom listening to us in Onalaska. Tom, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Good, Bill. How are you? I'm great. Hey, when this season, when this Packers season started, I had zero, I mean zero expectations. Are we not being a little bit too critical of this team? These are the youngest team in the NFL. A first-time starting quarterback, wide receivers that are young, and they're making mistakes that are very predictable in a, in a, in a first-year program. Aren't we being a little bit too critical, spending too much time talking about what they did wrong and not talking about what they kind of did right? You tell me. Do you think we're being too critical? I think, I think everybody's being a little bit too critical on the team right now. You know, in 9, 10, 11 games in, then maybe we can start talking about that. But the mistakes they're making, I think, are very predictable, don't you? And with a young team, so some of the things with some of the things with pre-snap penalties and stuff, you can kind of understand. But when you talk about being a young team versus a team that's actually played football, you've got a lot of young guys at your specialty positions. Beyond that, where are you young? Your offensive true, line's not young. Your offensive line, your defensive trenches—they're not young. You got second-year guys that have been there, done that. They understand it now. Your defense is certainly okay. not young. You know, I mean, I, I get the, I get the, the inexperience maybe to a certain extent, but I, I guess if I'm criticizing Jordan Love for bad reads and miscommunication with his wide receivers, okay, that's going to come with time, and you're not too hard on right. him for that. Exactly. But if I'm seeing uh, a guy that doesn't set the edge because he's over pursuing or missing tackles or guys that are you know missing blocks and such, offensively speaking, then you kind of go, okay, sometimes it's fundamentals. You know, so it depends okay, on, I, I guess, what you're that. criticizing, you know? Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right, bud, appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board, 877-867-1670. I, I don't – I think there are times you can criticize and there's times you don't. There's times you look at it and you go, okay, that's, that's a learning experience, you know? Go back to Atlanta. You've got Anders Carlson coming in for a kick. You've got uh, your first real hurry-up, get-in-there – you're going to kick a field goal moment and time expires. You get a delay of game penalty and then Matt LaFleur changes and ends up punting the football. 
So that was one of those, okay, you're trying to get your process together, youth moments, and it's a learning experience. It's, it's, it's a bad move and a bad look for pre-snap penalties, but you get it. But, <laughs> excuse me, you can't have that continuous. At some point, you have to say, you have to learn from your own mistakes. Otherwise, you're just going to keep committing it. And then what good are you? You can't take two steps forward and three steps back every damn time. And we saw that a lot. Um, you know, you've got veterans in there, Kenny Clark. And here's the other question. We talked about this before. What <coughs> Excuse me. What determines a veteran? Grant, if you had to say, hey, veteran, is it three years, five years, seven years, or two years? I, I mean, what's a veteran? Well, on this Packers offense, two years makes you a <laughs> – Thinks you a veteran right? like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are are veteran. Zach Tom is a veteran year two. Defense is a little more. I, I'd consider I don't know five six years now. Where Sean Gary, Kenny Clark, Jair, those guys are in that group. So Quay Walker, we're not on a veteran. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, not a veteran. But but what 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 drives me nuts is everybody else just about is a veteran. Russell Douglas, Rudy Ford. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell. I mean, Jair Alexander. You can, you can go on and on. They're all veterans. They all they all all been there three years or more. So you know, yeah, I get it. They're a young team, and you're rotating in some younger guys. And a guy like Lucas Van Ness is certainly not a veteran. And you know, you're in your second year of understanding with Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. But at what point do you say you're you're a veteran? You know what I mean? And your offensive line is certainly not not young. You, the youngest guy there is Zach Tom. Everybody else has been around for a while. Your running back core is not young. They've been around. They're they're two contracts deep. Veteran is relative, I, I think. You right? know, it's, if you look at the group as a whole and the and the group is all, you know, 23, 24-year-olds like the Packers offense is, they're all so young. If you have two NFL seasons under your belt, you're a veteran, right, relative to your teammates. Right. But the defense is a little bit older and more experienced. I we went through some of these names earlier, but look at a guy like Sauce Gardner. We talked about him being a corner, and he's got a ton of talent. He had a hell of a year last year. He's having a decent season this year, not the same as last year yet, but the defense has obviously been put in some bad positions. But, it, you know, he's not a veteran, but he's playing well. I mean, do we just say because you're young, we don't expect anything out of you? I think more so on the defensive front than anything, you can say that because it takes you a while to get your moves down, but – which is the reason that it's it's kind of a, a beneficial cushion for Lucas Van Ness because he's he's got guy he's not being asked to be the man just yet. So anyway, I, I just when we talk about veterans and such, it, all you did was get rid of aging players. You didn't get you you got younger by subtraction, not by addition, and that that makes more sense. More of the Bill. We got Tyler Dunn coming up from GoLongTD.com. He'll join us next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Say thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. Brewing excellence since 1857. Tonight may or may not have a few cider boys in my future. Just saying. And they've got their uh, Oktoberfest brews right now. 
as well. So look for it all uh, and look uh, look local. And that is our friends from Point Brewing, Stevens Point Brewery, uh, brewing excellence since 1857. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to the phones and uh, talk to our guy on the hotline. Uh, that is uh, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. Ty, how you been, man? What's up, Bill? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How, how's everything on your end? Everything is great, and uh, we're just kind of anticipating the Monday night game. And then it's kind of weird because then after that, you get another two weeks before the Packers are back on the field. So it's kind of a kind of a weird stretch that I, I don't remember ever happening to the Packers in a long, long time. Even when they went over to overseas last year, they didn't have this much time off. So kind of a weird stretch. But give me, give me your uh, what is the importance of in your mind of the game coming up on Monday night? You know, it, it's almost like a heavyweight boxer who gets blasted, knocked to the canvas, uh, one eye swollen shut, and what happens once they kind of dust themselves off and have another fight here? Because when we talked about it last week, that was a reality check. That was a, a punishing, punishing loss um, that I, I just, I'm really eager to see, regardless of who the opponent is. I mean, obviously, it's the Raiders, it's a beatable team. I think Green Bay is even a, a favorite in this one, but just... Physically, in those one-on-one situations on both lines of scrimmage, what what does Green Bay show? Because if they come out and they're flat and they get pushed around, that, that's going to be discouraging. Then you start to wonder, is this thing a trend? But if they come out firing and, and kind of uh, like they did at the start of the second half when Matt LaFleur challenged them, I, I think that will be encouraging. It's just, just speaking to the soul of the team, you know, because I think they're trying to figure themselves out here. So, okay, now, when you talk about the soul of the team trying to figure itself out, my biggest issue with this team, and I was talking about it earlier, they have played in the last two games, the first half of those games specifically, not even the the quarters after the fact, they've been terrible. I mean, just awful. Like, they came out completely uh, confused and not even prepared for for these two, two contests. The one thing I'm looking for is just a crisp game out of this team. You know what I mean? Oh, I to- totally agree. It's it's so it's so hot and cold. And I mean, we we can take it position by position, player by player. Obviously, the conversation that you have about the Green Bay Packers is always going to boil down to Jordan Love, and it's it's not all on him. I mean, we're, the, the the offensive line play was horrid. It, it but it's horrid on a lot of teams, right? I, I get it. It was it was bad. You've got four man pressure getting to Jordan Love, and Rasheed Walker is. Whew, that, that, was, that was a rough game for him. So you wonder, with all this time that they have, how they kind of recombobulate that line to find the right combination and, and get a push or a little bit of protection. But it's going to be on Jordan Love, four games, now five games into his career, figuring out how to manipulate that pocket when it's caving so quickly. And it's going to be tough. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you can't simulate. We had Steve Calhoun as, as quarterback's coach since eighth grade on a happy hour, and, and my God, they, they've been simulating every situation that you possibly can, and you can see it at times, the way he moves around back there. But even he said, I can't create a situation where Aiden Hutchinson is just going to, you know, sock you in the jaw, basically, when you're throwing it. Right. And that's what's encouraging. He is stepping into the pocket. He is willing to make those throws. But I think sometimes there's so much stuff going on in his head, and he's reading the field, and he's processing this all for the first time you kind of missed the layups. Like there was the first drive right after the Rudy Ford interception, right? He's got Romeo Dobbs open on a slant. It's right there. And he takes a sack and they settle for the field goal. So it's a matter of like processing a complex game, yet still making it easy, I guess, when those throws are right there in front of you. 
I can give Jordan Love uh, a pass at times uh, and, and things like that. I'm going to say, okay, he missed it. He needs to learn from that. Hopefully it doesn't continually happen because that's my big thing. I can judge somebody on the mistakes that they make once or twice, but not over and over and over again. Give me your thoughts on Jordan Love right now, where he's at. One of the lowest completion percentages in football, low QBR rating right now. Uh, they've done a lot of intermediate passing and downfield passing. The dump-offs necessarily haven't uh, been there consistently. But give me your thoughts on where he is as a quarterback. Well, he sure as heck needs Aaron Jones at full strength. I think that's going to help everybody and everything offensively. And, and A.J. Dillon, is just, he's just not giving you anything at two yards of carry. So you don't have, you don't have that support either. Uh, but I think, gosh, he, he is he he has a flatline personality and a flatline kind of game, and I mean that in a good way. Like maybe there's times he should kind of speed it up. I mean that game got away from him fast, twenty-seven-three. But I think that helps you because then you're never going to really be out of the game. I mean nothing really rattles him, and he's missing throws, obviously. Um, but I, I like the fact that he's mentally tough. And the, these situations that should, you know, compel a quarterback to kind of go into the corner of a room and turtle in the fetal position, he, he doesn't. I mean, he, he came out, they were a two-point conversion away from making that a one-score game when it was embarrassing, when nothing was going right. So, like we've talked about a bunch, but I mean, that, that's encouraging that mentally, his mental makeup, to to come back. Uh, and you, you saw it in the, the Saints game, but he's got to hit some of these throws. I mean, there's no there's no way around it. And it's not all on him, right? I mean, Christian Watson could have ran his route a little wider on one of those throws, um, the interception, and there, there's definitely stuff he's missing. I, I just think overall you're still encouraged that as a young quarterback starting games, games for the first time, they're not completely getting away from him. When <laughs> sitting at home you're wondering how, how bad can this really get? I mean, it can't get any worse. And they turned it around. If we're talking about the Packers long-term – and thinking about this team beyond 2023, that's super encouraging. If we're thinking about this team in 2023 and, and trying to make the playoffs and do damage right now, it's this is probably like a 500-ish team, right? Because it's going to be up and down every week. Right. Talking with Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. That's where you can read their stuff. You can even subscribe there, hear Brett Favre, and read uh, Bob McGinn's takes on the Green Bay Packers. I want to flip over to the defense real quick, only for the fact that they are 30th against the run. They are 20th in points per game. They are 21st in yards per game. They do a little bit better against the pass. They're number 11. But overall, they're they're 15th, 16th right now in the National Football League. That's not where they can be if they think they're going to win more games and help the offense and help this quarterback situation. What do you see, what do you guys see, defensively speaking, that has just been bad, other than the fact they've been on the field too much? You know what's crazy? Like watching that game and seeing Quay Walker just all over the field, I'm thinking, man, if everybody was playing the way Quay Walker is right now, they'd be in good shape. And I guess that's why Bob McGinn's covered the team or watched the team closely since 1979. Because uh, we're doing our podcast this week, and, and subscribers can check it out. And he dissected Quay Walker's game, and there, there were plays that even he missed. So where do you begin? Well, whew, I, I think it's just uh, they're, they're not going to move on from Joe Barry in the middle of the season, obviously. <laughs> this right, is right. Team. These are the players. You're you're gonna have to just get get tougher in those one-on-one situations. I mean, David Montgomery. You look at his stat line, and it's really nothing that, that crazy. I don't even think he averaged four yards a carry. But he and that Lions line had just complete command of the game. And they they 
you could just feel it watching it start to finish. To me, I don't know if that's necessarily, oh, we got to draw this play different or we got to put this player in for that player. It's just a, an overall ethos and an, an attitude right. that they just seem to lack exactly. in some of these games. It, you know, in that fourth quarter of Atlanta, it just you, you, you just see the game slipping away from this defense. You can feel it. It's palpable. And uh, I, I don't know how you fix that on the fly. Uh, it's it's got to be something big picture. And, I mean, Rasul Douglas, for example, I mean, here's a really good player, a feather in Brian Gutekind's cap, right? They just find this player. He's creating turnovers, but he's going to take chances. He's going to bite. And that's what he did. He bit. Amon Ross St. Brown slips by. There's a touchdown. You're, you're not going to just change Rasul Douglas at this point. You, you want him creating turnovers. You just hope that he makes more plays than he gives up. Right. No, I, I 100% agree. It's like throwing a dart at a dartboard to say where you're going to fix the problem because there's a lot of things that have gone wrong, a lot of over-pursuits, a lot of guys that jumped, a lot of guys that bit, a lot of guys that didn't tackle. I mean, it's it's not just schematically speaking, but I've said, and you you brought it up, you said it's, it's, a, it's a mentality, it's a tenacity, it's a will to win, and that's the way you play defense sometimes. And this team hasn't brought that level of energy at time. You can see, like you said, you can feel sometimes it's just starting to slip away. And here we go again. Hey, real quick before I let you go, I want to ask you about the rest of the NFL. What you guys are working on? Absolutely, Bill. Thanks so much. You know, you just brought me back to Mike Daniels sitting in his locker too Fridays, and he was always trying to inject that tenacity into this team, wasn't right. he? It was like we've yep. got to go out there and punch him in. The- I mean, they could use, that's why I do like Quay Walker myself. I feel like you want a guy who's going to toe that line and cross it, and, and you'll, you'll live with that. So may, maybe that's our answer, to give listeners a little hope, right? Like, you, you do have a player that you sure as hell could have used the last decade in January. Um, right. Yeah, you know, go along. I, I've got a story up on the New York Giants. I think we watched this team, and it seems hopeless. Um, gosh, I, I had a great conversation with Joe Shane ahead of the season, and he broke down why they gave Daniel Jones that money uh, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley, those negotiations, just the, the big picture of how he kind of put this team together and how it relates to his own life. So it, even though it looks like a hopeless team, and I get it, and maybe it is, I do think they've got the right people in charge. With, with Shane and Brian Dable, I think long-term, that they'll kind of figure this out. But holy hell, you got Miami this week, Buffalo the next. They could be one and five in a blink. Uh, so this, this is going to be a gut-check moment for that entire organization, Shane to Dable to Daniel Jones, all the way down, Evan Neal. (laughs) What a week for Evan Neal. Uh, So right now the Giants are pretty fascinating to me. Awesome stuff as always, Ty. If they want to get to you, where do they go? Uh, Go longtd.com. You can subscribe there, eight a month, 50 a year, and that gets you every story, every podcast with Bob McGinn, Brett Favre, and we're always bringing on players uh, from around the NFL, too. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I always say I cannot thank Packer fans enough. Um, you, you guys are really the, the blood and guts of everything I'm trying to build here with Golong. No, it's always good. Always good to catch up. And then uh, give us a shout when you got something going on, or we'll touch base with you throughout the season for sure, okay? Hell yeah, Bill. Anytime. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's uh, our good buddy, Tyler Dunn. Ty Dunn over on uh, Twitter. Ty, T-Y-D-U-N-N-E over on Twitter and golongtd.com. That's golongtd.com. He was brought to you by our friend Mikey Whitcomb and the gang at Exit Realty. And uh, he's the one that put me in my home, and I've talked about this time and again. I was kind of a pain in the ass and went through a bunch of homes before finally finding uh, my current abode, if you will, but uh, did such a fantastic job. And whether it's the five-county area near Milwaukee with uh, Washington, Ozaki County, 
uh, even uh, Jefferson County, Walworth County. He can help you out. Mikey's just a good guy. He's he's a straight shooter. He's no BS. He doesn't fluff you, so to speak, uh, but he's the guy you want fighting for you, and that's uh, when it comes to home buying or selling. So give him a shout, 414-243-1976, 414-243-1976. That is our buddy Mikey Whitcomb. He's a biker, too, so if you're a biker out there, he understands that mode of uh, thought as well when it comes to, hey, I need the extra space in my garage to put my Harley in there. So good stuff from our buddy Mikey. Uh, stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers on 1031-2023. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hey, don't forget about our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, coming up on Monday, right before the game. They got the $5.99 every Monday. They've got a whole roasted chicken for $5.99. You can do the eight-piece tenders uh, or the bone-in, uh, the special $9.99 every Wednesday. Those things are awesome, man. Their chicken's fantastic over there. Don't forget they got the uh, the white bread per loaf, limit five. It's such a good price, uh, uh, 99 cents. And their bread is beyond awesome. So if you haven't stopped into Quick Trip and checked out some of the bargains that they have, like Nature's Touch Orange Juice, which I drink every day, uh, every day I do, because I have a couple of different things, um, supplements and collagen that I was telling you about with my shoulder the other day. Uh, so that's what I do. I mix that with orange juice and it's just awesome stuff. And so they've got that. They've got <laughs> their egg rolls. You can get egg rolls there. <laughs> There's everything. Everything's a quick trip. You can get egg rolls. You can get, uh, dunkers. You can get long johns. You can get, uh, chicken breast, whole chicken, crispy chicken, fried chicken. You can get pothole pizza. I, I can go on and on. There's so much good stuff at quick trip. So, uh, check it out. That's our friends over there. And don't forget when you're there. Make sure you use your quick rewards card because uh, that'll that'll keep adding up and uh, get you some uh, you know less pain at the pump sometimes. So good stuff. Um, Bethany says, please tell me what this team's identity is under Matt Lafleur. You know what Dan Campbell and Andy Reid's teams are. What is Matt Lafleur's team? That is a great question. A great question. 
Well, you know what? Well, we got Vic Tafer coming up, and Vic uh, works with the Athletic and covers the uh, Las Vegas Raiders coming up here in the next hour. And then we'll ask that question because we had said, eh, you know, three, four, five, six games in, you'll kind of know what the identity is. You'll know what this team is. You'll know what you have in Jordan Love. You'll know all that stuff. We, we'll, we'll know, right? We'll understand it. We'll know it. And now we're going to ask that question, what the identity is. That That's a great question because you're right. We know what Dan Campbell's team represents. We know what Andy's, Andy Reid's team represents. We know what Kyle Shanahan's team is out in San Francisco, you know? So you, you kind of know. You, you understand it at this point. You know what McDaniel's team is down in, down in Miami. You know, some of these more successful teams, they've got that identity. They've, they've, they've got that. So <clears throat> let's do this. We'll take a qu- uh, quick break here at the top of the hour. Vic Tafer is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him uh, about <clears throat> the uh, Las We'll take a, kind of a look at the eye of the enemy, if you will. We'll take a look at uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And then in addition to that, we'll get back into that question because that's a really good question. That's a really good question. So stick around for that. Uh, real quick, Mark says, uh, did you bust into the Blantons yet? I, Mark, I wanted to answer that because I have not. I have not. Going to this weekend. Going to this weekend. But uh, I have not as of yet. It's just sitting there. It's unopened. It's looking pretty. I love it. But I have not. I've been kind of collecting. Been kind of collecting. So good stuff. All right, let's do this. We're going to step away, away, take a quick break. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.